Welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, happy 4th of July weekend, church. And if you're a guest here, let me start by introducing myself My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at New Community Church. And if it's your first time, we just want to extend a special welcome and say thanks for being here with us on this special 4th of July weekend. And we're in the second week of this series called Better Together. So we're taking the next few weeks. We started last week and going to take the next few weeks and just talk about the relationships that God has placed around us. Now, even as you watch that little intro video, you probably get a feeling of those connections and those relationships, familiar faces that, um, as Adam and Aaron said when they were up here, there's things that just go together that you can't imagine one without the other. And so we're spending the next few weeks talking about that, those connections that God has placed around us, because as a church, we truly believe that, that you were never meant to do things alone that you weren't meant to live life by yourself, but you, you have those connections or those relationships that are around you that help you, that encourage you, people that support you and make you better in life. And so we want to look at some of what God's scripture says about that, what the word of God challenges us um, as it talks about relationships. So last week we started off and we talked about Jesus and the church, that Jesus was passionate about this idea of the local church and that he's given us one to each other to help each other, once again, to challenge and support and encourage one another. And so we're going to start, um, this is going to be an interactive message you're going to see, but just start by looking at the people around you, all of the beautiful faces, okay? People that you're just staring at the back of their head, turn around so they can see your face, okay? And, and we truly believe this, God has given us to each other. If you're here this morning and this is your church, God has given us to one another to encourage we need one another. And we talked about that last week um, about how Jesus, what he said about the church, how he looked at the church and he said, you know what, upon this statement that Peter made, he said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. That not even the forces of darkness can stop this idea of us together as a body of believers united together accomplishing what God has called us to do. It's, it's a powerful force in the world, and we believe that, that we're better together, that Christ has called us to be together. And so this morning, we want to look at that another relationship or another group of relationships that Jesus had. And so this morning, we're going to look at Jesus and the disciples, Jesus and the disciples. The disciples was this group of young men that Jesus called to be around him, to live life with for a number of years while he was here on the earth that he began to pour into. And so we're going to take a few moments and we're going to look at that. There's something about a group of friends, those people that we have relationship with and connections with in our life. I mean, you can see it on the TV screen on movies like Ocean's Eleven or Lord of the Rings or anything like that. Maybe your favorite sports team there. There's a group of them that when they come together, they're able to accomplish something. They're able to work when a team is really functioning and working together. They're able to do more than anyone is able to do by themselves. And that's once again, what we see in the scripture, the power of this group of close friends that Jesus had and the impact that his life um, had on them, the relationships that were formed there. And so We're going to look at scripture. If you have your Bibles this morning, you can open them to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to start reading at verse 18 there. And if you didn't bring your Bible with you this morning, that's okay. There's a Bible in the seat in front of you. 
And if you'll pull out that Bible in the seat in front of you, it's on page 472. And I want to encourage you to take that to follow along with us. We're going to be in a few different passages as we look at this relationship that Jesus had with this group of young men this morning. So if you have your Bible open, you can hold that for just one moment. And in case you're unfamiliar with the book of Matthew, I'll give you a quick update of kind of what's going on here. Matthew wrote about the life of Jesus. And so he starts with the birth of Christ, with Jesus coming and God giving his son here to the world. And quickly, just a few chapters later, um, we jump ahead into the life of Jesus when he's about 30 years old. So we're not told a lot about whenever Jesus was a teenager. There's just kind of one story about that. And then really not told anything about him being a young adult in his 20s. But Matthew picks up this story when Jesus is around 30 years old. And this is what's known to many by Jesus' public life. When he was out and he began to teach about the kingdom of God, and he began to perform signs and wonders and do um, a lot of miraculous things. And so this is kind of where we're picking up the story in Matthew chapter 4. And before Jesus sets out to, to really make an impact, to, to really implement what God has called him to do, he chooses a group of people to come alongside him for this. And this is what we see in Matthew 4.18. This is what it says. While Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That's important. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father, and they followed after him. So there's something going on here as Jesus is first calling this group of men. And as we read this, we may not be familiar with all of the customs, you may not be, but there's something unique that is happening here. See, in the time of Jesus, when, when he's here... Um, there were a lot of rabbis. Jesus wasn't the only one. He wasn't the only spiritual leader. And there was a custom in this country, in that culture, that whenever you came of a certain age, you would look for a rabbi or certain um, people that wanted to study the scripture and learn more about them. And you would go to that person. You would go to that spiritual teacher. And you would ask them, can I follow after you? Can, can I study after you? It's not like the rabbi would come to you. You would go to them and you would say, hey, I want to learn more about God. So can I follow your life? Can I follow and learn your teaching? And if the rabbi thought you were good enough, if you were the best of the best, so you were the valedictorian of your class, or you were the top of your class, maybe he would choose you and he would look at you and say, hey, I think you can learn. I think you can follow after me. I think you can understand my teaching and everything. And so I give you permission to study underneath me, but that's not the pattern that Jesus does. See, Jesus is a lot more intentional. He seeks out us, and he seeks out this group of young men, and instead of just looking for the best of the best, instead of looking for the elite, he goes to them right in their workplace, right when they're out there fishing, and he looks at them, and he commands them, or he challenges them, hey, come and follow me. See, Jesus is very intentional about the relationships that he has. And that intentional relationship makes a long-term impact. We see that. When Jesus was intentional with that relationship, it made a difference in the life of these 12 young men. See, these weren't guys in their 30s. These weren't older guys. These were young men, probably most of them 15, 16, 17 years old. Peter was probably the oldest at 20. And at that age, when they're already in their work, whenever they're studying for their career, Jesus asks them to leave everything and to come and to follow after him. 
Because he knew that if he could spend some time with these guys, if he was going to invest out of everything that he had to do, this was one of the most important things that he was going to pour into this group of 12 young men. And that this relationship that would be formed over the next few years, what these 12 guys would see him do would actually not only change their life, but the life of the world around them. The impact that Jesus had about pursuing that relationship, these small words, come and follow me, would make all the difference in the world to the nations, to the countries that were going to be formed over the next few years because these men were going to be sent out even long after Jesus had left the earth. Jesus was intentional in his relationships. Now, we don't really do that as adults. I mean, I've mentioned to you guys in different messages, I moved a lot as a kid. I think at one point I had counted 30 some houses that I had lived in. And so I was always going to a new school. And at some of those schools, I mean, I didn't know anyone, I was brand new. And so I'd walk out on the playground, kids would be playing basketball. And I would ask the question that kids ask, hey, can I be your friend? Can I play with you, man? Can I get to know you? Because I didn't know anyone, and so I was looking for someone to be friends with. And it'd probably seem odd to us, right, if someone walked up to your workplace and said, hey, can I be your friend? We just don't do that as adults as much. But Jesus was intentional, and he said, hey, I'm going to look at the people that I want to pursue a relationship with. I'm not just going to assume that it'll happen accidentally. I'm not just going to think, well, maybe these guys will come and follow after me. Maybe they'll learn my teachings. Maybe it'll make a difference in their life. No, Jesus looked at them and he said, hey, I want to be in a relationship with you. I want you to follow after me. I want to get to know you. I want to spend the next few years of my life pouring into you because I know it's going to make a difference. There's going to be an impact there. God knows that we're better together. In church, we need to be intentional about those relationships around us, getting to know people, making those connections, because that's what makes the long-term difference. That's what makes the tremendous impact in our lives. Now, a lot of times at church, we don't get a chance to do that. Like maybe during the connect time, you have a few moments to shake someone's hand, but not really a chance to get to know them or to ask any questions. And so we're going to do that here this morning. And so there's a few people that are going to help us out in doing that. We don't only want you to hear the word of God, but we want to put it into practice this morning. We truly believe that, that we are better together. And so we're going to take a few moments and allow you guys to connect with people that are similar to you. And so here's what we're going to do is we have a few people in the back. So this is Jake and Hannah back there. Jake, Hannah, will you guys wave at us? Okay. You can give them a big hand. This is Nina up front. She's going to be helping us out. And then Lexi is way back there in the back, over by the sound booth, okay? So this is what we're going to do is, once again, sometimes it's just a quick connection. So we're going to take a few moments right here in the middle of the message, and we're going to give you a chance to get to know people that may be in similar situations as you. So first, we're going to start off with location. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand up. You're going to look at the signs that they're going to be holding up, and then you're going to um, go to the place that is closest to where you're at, okay? So um, right back, well, right up here, we have east of Mesquite. So if you're over there, Forney, Terrell, Kaufman, any of that area, you can go back there with Adam and Lexi. Um, they are north of Mesquite, Garland, um, all of those, Rockwall, Heath, all of that area up there. And Jake and Hannah are Mesquite or south of Mesquite. So you're in Mesquite or Balch Springs, or Siegelville, okay? And when you get back there, we don't want you to just bunch up as one group. We want you to get to know each other, okay? So the first question is you introduce yourself to someone, and then you can tell them your favorite restaurant to eat at, okay? And we're hoping, once again, that conversation starts, that you guys get to connect, and we're going to do this a few times. So everyone, go ahead and stand to your feet. 
okay? And go ahead, you can start to move into those areas, whichever location you're closest to, okay? Whichever location kind of fits where you're at. And once again, just as you're back there, there may be a large group of people back there, but you're just, just start to introduce yourself to people around you, okay? Once again, if you need that icebreaker, ask someone what their favorite restaurant is, what their favorite food is, where they like to eat at, okay? So I'm gonna give you a few minutes. Once again, if you're wondering where, where you should be at, east of Mesquite is up here. North of Mesquite, back there. We got some people making their way back there. Mesquite or south of Mesquite, Siegelville, any of that right there. And make sure you guys are connecting with each other. So you're talking to the people around you. You need that icebreaker, what their favorite restaurant is, introduce yourself to them. Make sure no one's just standing out on the edge. So give you about a minute or two to do that. Okay, now we're gonna switch it up, okay? So now we're gonna switch it up. You're gonna move to a different area. The next is your age. Ladies, if you wanna hide your age, just go to whichever group you feel like you belong in, okay? So we're gonna do that. So up here at the stage, we have 30 and under. 30 and under if you're up here. Everyone start to move there, 30 and under. Back here at the Connect Center, 31 to 55. And over 55, you guys are back here. So over 55, under 30, 31 to 55, back there by Jake and Hannah, you can start to move around, meet some new people, connect with some new people, introduce yourself, ask someone what their favorite movie is, okay? Tell them your name, favorite TV show, favorite movie. Give you guys about a minute to do that. So under 30, over 55 back there, 31 to 55 back in that corner. Okay, one last shift, here we go, one last time. It's gonna be by your season of life. So up here at the stage, if you're married with kids, you're up here at the stage, married with kids. Okay, back here with Adam and Lexi, if you're a married couple, so maybe you don't have kids, your kids are out of the house, married couples back here. If you're single or single with kids, you're back here by Jake and Hannah. Single or single with kids, you're back here by Jake and Hannah, up here married with kids, and back by the sound booth by Adam and Lexi, it is married couples. Maybe your kids are already out of the house, or, or you don't have kids, you're back there by Adam and Lexi. So once again, 
Meet a whole new set of people married with kids up here. Quick conversation, introduce yourself to some people around you. Maybe some people you haven't met yet. Single or single with kids is back there where Hannah is waving the sign. Married couples back there. They're back there with the singles. I'm assuming youth aren't married. So. Yes, if you're a student, high school or junior high, I'm assuming you're single. So you're back there in that corner. Real quick, introduce yourself, meet one or two other people that are in your age range or maybe the season of life that you're in. You could talk with them, get to know them a little bit. Okay, now we're gonna have you go back to your seats. So start to head back to your seats, wind down the conversation. You can give a high five to your new friend, the person that you met. Start to make your way back. Okay, and as you make your way back, our hope is that you had a chance to meet maybe one or two people that maybe live in the same area that you do. Maybe you met a few people that are in the same season of life or maybe in the same age range as you are. Maybe there's some connections there. And we understand that just in those few quick seconds while you're moving from place to place, um, while you're getting to introduce yourself to people, probably not going to make a best friend. But our hope is that you can start a conversation, that you can start a relationship because we need to be intentional about those people that are around us, that God has placed in our life, getting to know them and growing those relationships so that we do have people like what Jesus had with the disciples, those people that are in our life that are helping us, that are making that impact inside of us. And so I want to quickly look at two other passages just really fast this morning. If you have your Bibles still open, you can turn to Luke chapter 5. We're going to start at verse 4. Luke chapter 5, verse 4. It's, in, it's on page 502 in the Bible there in the seat in front of you. And we see something else. Not only was Jesus intentional, but something else that we see in the relationship that Jesus had with this group of disciples and that they had with each other. This is what it says in Luke chapter 5, verse 4. And when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered and said, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing in, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. 
And so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats and they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. So what is it about the relationships between Jesus and his disciples that we see here in this passage? I don't know how many of you guys are fishermen in the room. I remember when I was little, um, we would go fishing a lot in Oklahoma. And my dad had certain things, maybe you guys do too as fishermen, a certain lure you use, you go to a certain spot. So there's kind of a cove on this lake and that's your prime spot. Like you know that if you go there, you're gonna catch fish. Maybe it's from the shore, maybe it's in a boat. You have a certain way that you do things. That's how Peter and this group were. And they, they're there, they're fishing all night, they're working, they haven't caught anything, they're so frustrated. This wasn't only a hobby for them, this was their livelihood, and they have nothing to show for all of these efforts. And all of a sudden, this pastor, Jesus, walks up, and he says, hey, I'm going to tell you how to fish. And Peter's like, okay, Jesus, just because you've said it, we'll go ahead and we'll do this. We'll go ahead and throw in our nets again. We've not caught anything all night long, but we'll go ahead and do it again just because you're asking us to. And so they do that. They throw in the nets, and it's totally different this time. They bring up this massive amount of fish. And this isn't just your typical fisherman story. You know, I caught a fish this big. I mean, the boats are sinking because it's loaded down with so many fish. And what's Peter's response? He jumps out. He comes to the shore. He comes to the knees of Jesus. He falls down in front of Jesus, and he says, forgive me, Lord, because I'm a sinner. And that's kind of not the typical response. I mean, you think that was pretty amazing what took place there. I mean, all of these fish that were caught in this moment when they weren't catching anything, but his response, Jesus, forgive me because I'm a sinner. Get away from me, Lord, depart from me. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. And why was there that kind of response? Because Jesus, in that moment, Peter understood that Jesus had seen something, that Jesus knew something that he typically shouldn't have known. And he knew exactly where those fish were in that lake, that Jesus could see, you know, not with some x-ray vision, but, but he knew exactly from God what was going on in that deep lake there. And Peter, in that moment, had this realization, Jesus, if you can see into that, if you know what's going on in the deepest part of this lake, you know what's going on in me. You know what's going on in the deepest parts of my life, Jesus. And eventually you're going to realize that I'm a broken, that I'm a sinful person. And, and Jesus, I don't know if I want to be that close in a relationship. But when we have relationships with people, a group of people that are around us, we need to pick people that can see into the deepest parts of us. We need people in our life that see beyond the surface, you guys. That see beyond the mask. That go deeper than just kind of the surface questions that... Sometimes we ask each other, and they can look into the deepest parts of our life. The good, the bad, the difficult, the mistakes that are going to be there to see who we really are, to get to know who we really are. And that's what Jesus was doing with this group of men, this group of disciples. He lived with them. I mean, there were probably times they annoyed each other after three years of spending time on the camp, around the campfire and walking down the roads, the dusty roads around Jerusalem, they really got to know each other. And it was beyond just kind of a casual relationship. I see you, I wave hi. They got to know the deepest parts of one another. And that's what we need from each other. We need those relationships that go deeper just beyond the surface. And like Jesus, where we get to see who the other person really is. Now you may be thinking, well, how do you do that? I mean, 
We're not like Jesus. We don't have that wisdom or we're, we're not God. You know, there's nothing supernatural about us. We can't see into the deepest parts of people. It happens when you spend time with one another. It happens when you really become intentional and you pursue relationships with each other. It happens when you go just beyond the surface questions that start relationships and you start to ask people how they're really doing. What's really going on in their life? What's really taking place? And where you begin to open up your life, people around you begin to open up their life and you know one another on a deeper level. See, we need people around us that see really who we are. In the last passage in Matthew chapter 16, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there quickly. Matthew 16, 21. We see one more aspect in the relationship that Jesus had with this group of men, with these disciples. And it says this, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and to be killed. And on the third day, be raised. And Peter took him aside and rebuked him. And he said, far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and he looked at Peter and he said, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. You are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. I mean, those were pretty harsh words. And this was just a few moments after Jesus had looked at Peter, what we talked about last week, and he said, Peter, this is amazing what you've just said, that I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God. This wasn't given to you by any man. These are words from God. Peter, upon this statement, I'm going to build my church. We talked about this last week. And just a few verses later, just a few moments later, Jesus looks at Peter and he says, hey, what you're saying right now, what you're thinking, it's not coming from God. You don't have the things of God in mind. Get behind me, Satan. In our group of friends, the people that are around us, we need to pick people that are going to bring correction in our life when we're wrong. You know, it's really hard. We, most of the time, we avoid those conversations. We don't want to be a part of them. We don't want to speak those things out. We don't want to receive them. We want to act like everything's okay and smooth over all of the rough edges. But that's not the relationship that we see Jesus had with his disciples. See, he was willing to call them out. Not just to say, hey, Peter, you're wrong. You're wrong about this. But he said, hey, you don't have the things of God in mind. You're looking at this totally wrong. We need those people in our life that will challenge us to live up to our God-given potential, that will challenge us in our relationship with God, that will challenge us to hear the voice of God and to follow the Spirit of God and not just look at the world from our own natural perspective. We need people like Jesus who will call us on our stuff in the difficult moments and will speak, you know what, there's more of you than what you're living up to right now. You have more potential than that. Proverbs 27, 6 says this, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deadly are the kisses of an enemy. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Solomon's saying, you know what? There are people in your life who are gonna say the difficult things to you. And they're not doing that to hurt you. They're not trying to tear you down. They're trying to actually make you better. They're gonna call you. They're gonna correct you. They're gonna challenge you when you're wrong because they see more inside of you. They believe that you're greater than the way that you're living right now. So there are other people, deadly are the kisses of an enemy who are gonna make you feel good. But really, they don't care anything about you. And church, we need to choose those people in our life who are willing to challenge us. Like Jesus did with the disciples who are saying, Peter, I see more 
in you than what you're living up to right now. Peter, don't just fall into the trap of looking at the world in just a natural view, but listen to the Spirit of God. Listen to the words of God. Listen to what God wants you to say, not just the words of the enemy. See, church, we're better together. We're better together. But we have to be intentional about those relationships. They're they're probably not just naturally going to happen. They're not going to naturally fall into place. We have to pursue those people in our life that are going to challenge us. We need people that see the deepest parts of our life, that see the real us, who we really are, when we can't put on a mask, when we can't cover it up. We need people in our lives that are going to challenge us to be better, that are going to challenge us to grow. And Jesus said that. He gave us that example, that model of a group of friends around his life that he spent those three most important years together with because he wanted to make an impact in them. Who are those people for you? I want to pray together this morning. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. I just want to ask if there's anyone in the room here this morning and maybe you're thinking about your relationship, your relationship with God, and you've not taken that first step. You've not given your heart or your life in a relationship with Jesus. But this morning, just like he did with that group of disciples, he's here calling your name. He's inviting you to be in a relationship with him, to come and follow after him. He has a plan. He has a purpose for your life, just like he spoke over the disciples. Come and follow me, and I will make you a fisher of men. The first relationship we have to look at is our relationship with God. And if you're here this morning, and maybe you've walked away from that, maybe you've never taken that first step of saying, God, I want to get to know you. He's here this morning inviting you. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat, to come forward to the altar. I want to pray for you. The word of God is very clear that we've all messed up. We've all had sin in our life. We've missed the mark for God's best in our life. And we're desperately in need of a God who can save us. We can't do it on our own. We can't fix our own selves. We can't fix our lives. We can't be good enough or do enough good things to try to redeem ourselves. We need the work of Christ, what he did on the cross. He died for you and for me so that we could be in that relationship with God. And if that's you right now, you're here in this room and you say, man, I want that fresh start. I want that new life. Would you just stand up right where you're at and come forward to the altar so I can pray with you this morning? Anyone at all will wait just one moment. Don't miss this opportunity. If you know you need that, if God's speaking to you, If you feel his spirit's drawing you, respond this morning to his invitation to come and to follow after him. Well, church, if there's no one here in that situation, I want you to look at me this morning. And I just wanna continue to encourage you to live out these messages that we're in. So many times as believers, we try to do this on our own and that's not the model that God has given us. We try to figure it out or to be a Christian by ourselves and God in this series, in his word as we read through the gospels, we see over and over again how Jesus lived in relationship with others. So I wanna remind you what we talked about last week as we closed out the message. If you weren't here, you can see it up on the screen. We talked about just getting to know people 
in the section that you're in. We talked about coming early and staying 10 minutes late, having those conversations, meeting someone new just every week, finding someone that you don't know yet and introducing yourself and getting to know them. We truly believe that, that we're called to live life together. And we as a church, we want those connections. We wanna make sure that no one's doing this on their own that each of us have those relationships that are challenging us to do better. And so that's how we're gonna dismiss again this week. And I'm gonna ask before you rush out that once again, maybe someone you connected with in the groups, maybe someone that lives around you or someone that um, you met, that you would just go up, continue that conversation. Maybe someone sitting around you, introduce yourself to them this morning. And that's how we're gonna be dismissed. We want you to have a great 4th of July weekend and we will see you back here next week.